Hi, my name is Allie Williams, and I am obsessed with all things business, building a life you love, and living via leaps of faith. I'm a 5-1 fireball of spunk and fun. Four years ago, I left my old Kentucky home via a 72-hour crowdfunding campaign to join an entrepreneurial program in Silicon Valley. Little did I know after, I would actually be learning in the best classroom, the world. From fun to failure to deep faith-forming seasons, I explored, built businesses, loved life, met a boy on an Instagram dating show, and realized I was finally ready to bet on myself. Now, I'm coming to you from North Carolina to teach you what my years of chasing success taught me. Life is not about beating or becoming anyone else. It's not about your income, accomplishments, or wins. It's about your integrity. The things you want simply lead you to accumulating the courage and character you crave. The process allows you to be exactly who you've always wanted to be. Here, we're focused on one thing, helping you live your best life. Yep, I am indeed the hype girl you never knew you needed. So buckle up, because I believe you were created to change the world, but that requires you to believe it too. The question is, will you? Here, you're gonna discover how. So let's dive in, shall we? Welcome to Life Right Up Your Alley. Hello, and welcome back to the Right Up Your Alley podcast. You guys are in for such a treat today. We have Linda Wozniak here, and she's actually um, Jordan Dooley's mom. And I know everyone here loves Jordan. And so she's not here as Jordan's mom. She's here to blow your mind. So <laughs> Linda, thank you for being here. You are so kind. Thank you, Allie. That is such a sweet introduction. Absolutely. I mean it. I'm so excited. So for context or context for everyone listening, um, I was able to hop on a call. We talked about social media, um, Linda and I once for just getting things together because she's launched an incredible book that we'll get into later. And she started to talk about her content and what was in the book and what she wanted to communicate to those who came along the journey of following her. And you guys, I sat on this call and I was like, I, I think I have a crush on you. Like you are (laughs) the most brilliant woman, the way you see the world, the way you see people, the way you see um, performance in, you know, seasons of hustle, the seasons of rest, just all of it. It's just incredible and it's life-changing. And so I'm and I'm pumped and I'm just like in awe that we get to have you on here, one. Um, but two, I just am excited for everyone who's listening to be able to encounter that same reaction that I had. So Linda, um, I don't want to put off too much, but um, we're excited to have you. Thank you for being here. And I want to start with talking about you first and foremost as a human. Does that sound good? Sure. (laughs) Okay. Will you tell us about your background? Where are you from? What do you do? You have such a cool story and evolution. So I want to hear about it. You know, I, I've had quite, it's not a linear, it's my background is not linear. It's kind of all over the place. And I think that's what makes it hard sometimes to talk about because I can't say, oh, I, you know, I've been 25 years in this area or this area. Um, no, that's not true. I've always kind of gone the path least, least taken. Um, so that's why it's kind of hard sometimes to sum it all up. But I think what I'm going to do is just share the big points. And the, and that is that basically I went to college like every, you know, like I was told to do and got my degree and didn't know what I wanted to do. And so um, my oldest brother said, well, you have to do something that's marketable. 
So at that time, what was really marketable, women were going into, um, were not really that big into STEM, science, technology, engineering, and math. I can't say that I was really excited about it, but I was listening to my older brother and I was like, okay, I'm going to do that. So I went into engineering and um, it was very hard, um, but I graduated did, you know, went into started working for a large um, automotive company, Fortune 5 company, actually, and um, learned a lot, but actually really didn't like it. Um, so I realized, you know, that this wasn't necessarily something I want to do forever. Um, but I was working around a lot of international people, and I have an international background, and I real and I, I started to do some teaching there, and I, I kind of really liked it. So I thought, hmm, that's interesting. Um, so then when I had, um, I got married, had the kids, um, Jordan was first, I realized I really didn't want to go back to work right away. I wanted to kind of, I wanted to be a mom. And it's funny how when you change, when life hits you with different things, you realize that maybe the path you were on wasn't always the path you were supposed to be on. So long story short, um, I stayed home for a while, did some teaching, and then inadvertently got involved in baseball. Um, we have a local baseball team here, professional baseball team. At the time, it was the Arizona Diamondbacks, and they had brought in a lot of international athletes, and they just needed someone to teach them English. At the t I mean, it was like seven players. So I said, okay, yeah, that sounds great. I can help out because um, I, I had been doing some things with um, language and culture and science and technology that way. And so I was like, okay, I'll do that. And so that's what I've been doing the last oh, I don't know, 15 plus years working in professional baseball. Yeah. And it has evolved in such a cool way too. But it's funny. Um, it, I feel in, in my generation, nothing is linear for any of us. Yeah, right. And, and so you said that and I was like, oh my gosh, that sounds, that sounds supernatural <laughs> for that <laughs> progression. Um, and, and it makes sense that now, obviously, um, you're able to kind of bring in that love for people and teaching, um, engineering and what you do now. So let's talk about your book. I think if we really talk about like the heart of what you wrote then we can go into like the details of what an adjustment is. How does that sound? That sounds great. Okay, let's let's dive in. I'm so excited about this book. Me too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, so actually, um, working in pro baseball, I was working with all these players, and um, I realized that you know, talking to coaches and everything. I, well, my first season, I didn't know what I was really doing. And in terms of like in the pro baseball world, and, and I saw these guys at the end of the season, I got to know them. And then a few guys would be like, come to class. And they were all upset. And I was like, what's wrong? They're like, oh, so-and-so got released. I'm like, what does that mean? And they're like, teacher, you don't know what that means. I was like, no, I'm sorry. What does it mean? And they go, he got fired. Like he's never coming back. I go, what? So it broke my heart, it broke my heart. And I was like, what the heck? I didn't know that happened. And so as I was going along, I realized this happened all the time. And, and basically it means that you're fired. If you don't do your job at this really high level, you get fired. And, and I felt awful because I thought, was there something I could have done better? I mean, I did, I, this, this, this is such a young person and he's from another country and he doesn't have any, you know, what, what else could we have done? So, um, 
anyway, I just started coming up with a, like I had to find a better way to do this. They had to learn faster. They had to learn better. And you know what? Traditional academia didn't have the answers. So I had to go and make them and find them. And this is where my engineering background was actually quite good because I had worked with systems and I had worked with um, designing things. And so I came up with a system and that really worked. And then we started seeing more results. And then um, I said, I need to come up with something even more and I need to find a way to test people so I can really understand how to zero in on these weaknesses and things that we could do. And um, I always heard coaches say that, that the players who made it to the best, to the highest levels were guys who could make adjustments. And I really didn't know what they meant completely at the time. I mean, I'm thinking, well, yeah, okay. So you can shift your weight better or you can play, you know, pick up on something. I really didn't know. And I was asking coaches all over the place to define that for me and nobody could. So finally, I'm like, I have to figure this out because this is the key. Like this, they're talking about all the time. So that's what I did. I, um, I went into my background and I um, assembled a team and we looked at, we came up with a test and um, we started testing and, and it was really accurate. It was so accurate that they actually asked me to travel in the draft and use it as one of the identif like identifiers of whether they were going to sign a player. Um, so it, it, this book kind of is a culmination of some of these stories and journeys and what I learned in this process of adjustment and helping people find the tools because obviously once we knew what how they adjusted we then had to help them know what to do with that mm. so um that's what this book is about it's sharing those those years the, um, of research and in a way that is um some in a way that anybody can kind of take away something from it yeah absolutely it's you breeze through it like it's nothing but you walked into the major, you know, a major league baseball team, you're teaching, you know, English, and then you go back to your engineering roots when you see that, you know, these, these sweet young boys are being let go. And that really comes down to a systematic issue, realistically, too, of like, they, they're not getting the support that they need, probably not mm -hmm. understanding what it takes, right, to get there. And you right. come up with a solution that then has allowed for a better use of the process that has been going on for how many, I mean, I, it's probably like over a century now, right? I don't even know how long <laughs> baseball has been around, but a long time, right? Um, and it's just mind blowing to me that um, not only you identify, you're not just being like, oh, these guys are the winners and I didn't, you know, eliminating the process. It's, it's meeting each one where they are and helping them understand hey, you're probably most coachable in this way. This is what you need to get where you want to go, right? Right. Which is incredible. As, as someone who coaches in business too, you know, there are, I have someone, women who come in and I tell them what to do and they do it immediately. And it's, you know, it's so easy to get results with them, but others who don't have that doesn't mean that they're not equally, if not more talented. So what a tool. Well, you know, that's funny that you say that because baseball is all about developing people and, um, and finding ways to do it in, you know, in unique ways, because really there's only 30 professional baseball teams and there's not that big a difference between all of them. And they're all looking for that one degree of difference of competitive differentiation. And so if you can come up with something or if you do something just a little differently and you can get a one degree increase in development, I mean, that's 
huge impact. And sometimes I don't think we realize that all we have to do is improve 1%, like one degree. It's not like, I think we look, we feel like we have to, you know, do 10% or 20%. No, if you do a lot of 1%, you're going to get there. And not only that, but you know, you're going to really see things that you've never seen before. So um, that's kind of, I just kept that mentality that, you know, we have to do something that um, will help them 1% with the one degree, you know, better. That's what, that's what I was focused on. Yeah, absolutely. And that, alas, is an adjustment. And, right. and I love that you've coined that word now too. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, as you read the book, it makes so much more sense. There's, it's such a, a deep and wide um, concept and it's, it's very powerful the more you learn about it, obviously. But for people listening now, mm-hmm. I want you to kind of help um, me understand and us understand how practically people can identify where they need to make an adjustment in their life. Like, how do you know you need to make an adjustment? Doesn't it start with that self-awareness, but like how? Yeah, for sure. You know, um, most of us feel that we have control of most things. (laughs) Um, And we do to some degree, but a lot of times um, there are things that we don't have control of. Life throws us a curveball. And when you have lack of control plus high expectation, that leads to a lot of anxiety um, and stress. So all you have to do is look at the stressor in your life right now, because everyone has one. And then you say, okay, is this stressor, is this um, part of my overall goal? Is this part of my overall, you know, what I'm trying to accomplish? If so, then I need to address this. I need to make an adjustment. Um, If it's just something that has nothing to do with where you're going and it's just one of those little, you know, things gnawing at the background, then maybe that's not the most important adjustment. Um, But usually we feel that the greatest when we know it's in the way of of our goal where we're going. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, it's so funny. What I have noticed in my personal life is that the things that I have the most pain, you know, my biggest pain point, something that causes the most pain that growth opportunity is, is that it splits the difference. Right. Mm-hmm. And I can avoid that in every fashion possible, but I will always end up getting to that one thing. So you might as well dive into it, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, it's so hard because we do, I mean, we know there's work there um, and really change and all that stuff. We really don't like, I mean, let's be honest. So it's kind of like, yeah, it's easy to kind of put on the back burner until it kind of really, it always tends to rear its head at some point. It really does. Absolutely. And, you know, by being proactive and having the tools that you've outlined, it makes it just more, I guess, palatable to go in and understand like, this is, this is the key and I, I can, and mm-hmm. I will. And so, um, you know, once someone has identified what they need to make the adjustment in, once they're able to identify what that specific just adjustment is, which are two very brave and courageous things, um, how can someone make it and stick to it? Do you have any advice? Because let's be honest, like we're all in a grind, whether, you know, we reject hustle culture or not, like mm-hmm. building a business, building a life that you love, building a faith, like it all takes work. So how do you stick to these big, uncomfortable things? You know, that is an awesome question. So, so inside the book, we put a, um, 
we put a version of the test. It's actually called the adjustment awareness audit. Just so you have an awareness of what your adjustment tendencies are, because awareness is kind of the first step. And, um, and so we've identified that there are seven basic types of adjusters. I mean, you can be a little bit, there are nuances. This test inside the book is not the original test that we give in pro sports because it's, it doesn't, you can't do it um, in a book. It's not a text kind of thing, but it'll give you close enough um, an idea of where you are. And it's funny because Jordan tested her when we first started doing these um, tests. And I know she doesn't mind if I share this. She's came out as a maverick, um, which if you just know the word maverick, that probably wouldn't surprise you. But um, we define what each one of these things um, actually mean. But um, so, so part of it is just knowing the underlying way you're going to handle curveballs. And then when we are in the grind, I mean, the baseball season is nothing but a grind. It is, most guys don't get, they get maybe two days off a month. Um, so you're playing every day. It's a con, you know, you're going from city to city. Um, it's easy to get down. It's easy to get stressed. It's easy to be depressed. Um, and, and so you have to keep, keep going. And not only that, but you have to keep getting better. You can't just like say, oh, today, I just don't feel like doing my best. Think about that. I mean, imagine if in your work, every single day, you had to get better and, and be doing, do it while you're tired and hungry and far from home. And so and around other people who are incredibly good too, (laughs) you know? Oh yeah, exactly. And people and being on camera too, and, and having to, you know, thousands of people, you don't even know watch you do it. So it's, it's really, um, a high pressure situation. And, um, I feel like most of us, you know, are fortunate. We don't necessarily have that, but we put that high pressure on ourselves, which is kind of different. Um, we go, Hey, I'm in that grind. I'm in, the, I'm, I'm in that hustle. And we sort of put that same pressure externally on ourselves. Um, so I think the biggest thing is to, first of all, take that pressure off. You're not in front of millions of people in a camera. Um, and they're watching, not watching your every move. Usually you can pre-record and then if you don't like it, put a filter or change it. I mean, this, there's so many ways that you cannot. people don't really see your failures. Um, so we need to kind of take the pressure off of that. And then also know how you adjust because those adjustments, um, those patterns are based on tendencies that you have in five different areas. And once you know what those areas are, and this is kind of covering the book, um, you can then go, oh yeah, that's, that's my timing. I see that my timing isn't quite right. Um, I need to probably just work on that. Or that's, oh, that's my belief system. I, I guess I didn't think I could do this really. Um, so there are a few things in every pattern that, that kind of are dominant. Mm, yeah, that makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. And, and it's the awareness, you know, I think there is this quote and I'm going to totally butcher it. I can't remember exactly how it goes, but, um, often our greatest fear is not that we aren't enough. It's that when we really lean in, we are you know capable beyond reproach and repair. Like we can do everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting though, the, the things that you're saying, like I said, they take so much courage and bravery and it takes this like commitment to see yourself, but also have the self-respect to move through it and find solution and the self-compassion to not be perfect at it, but still be committed. You know, it's, it's an art 
that, you know, you have um, created just a, a place and space for people to navigate through. And so I really encourage everyone to obviously grab the book and, and actually take the assessment because I have, and it's, it's just cool. It's really neat to be able to quantify. And so with that, let's go into just some actionable steps as we close out this episode. So I would love your thought process on um, what, what your recipe for success is, especially when it comes to adjustments. Is it just like analyzing yourself, like getting in the numbers, just self-awareness? What would you say? I think that we really have to start by defining what we think success is. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, you know, like I tell the story about once when I was in college, you know, everybody said success is having this high paying job or a success is making an X amount of money or whatever it was. And um, I think when I defined it as my own, like, no success for me is, you know, really being a good mom. That's what I was really wanting to do. That's what I saw success as, and that can change in life seasons. So um, you know, I think we had to realize that success is fluid and we don't have to do it all at the same time. Um, but we have to do it well. Once we know what it is, we have to do it well. And it doesn't have to be 10 different things. It can be one thing at a time. I mean, life is long and you don't have to do it all in, in your twenties or even in your thirties. I mean, you can, you have your whole life. So, you know, figure out what success is at this stage in this season of your life and do that really well. And then if that's not the second season or a stage, that's fine. I mean, I've I've had, I think that's why, you know, I've done so many things because they've done them in different decades and that's what makes life so fun. Mm-hmm. So um, I just, you know, I think that's part of what to me success is, is really um, being okay with where you are in that season, defining what, what you really want to do well and do it well. Yeah, that's so good. And I love that you said you don't have to do it all at the same time. Because one of my mentors told me earlier this week, she was like, Ellie, I would petition that your 50s and your your 60s are like the sweetest time. And 70s, she's like, you have the wisdom, you have the know-how, you've, you know, if you so choose, you have a family, you've gotten to see others build a life, you know, from your life. And she was like, why do people put this pressure on their 20s when you don't even know anything, you know? Because um, that's your generation, whereas my generation, nobody expected you to know anything in your 20s. Isn't that funny? Really? Oh yeah. my gosh. I didn't realize that. <laughs> yeah, we were all like, no, everybody knows, a t- you know, nobody knows anything in their 20s. That's so funny. And that's okay. And like everybody expected that to be, and that was okay. Like that was not a put down in any way. That was just normal. Which is, you know, it's hilarious because I have, it's not, it's hilarious to hear that difference because I have women come into my containers, uh, you know, in my conferences and everything. And they're like, I'm 22 and I haven't, I haven't popped, like I'm behind. And I'm like, what are you talking about? What are you haven't (laughs) even, you're just getting started, you know? So it's really relieving to hear that. And I think our generation can definitely take a a few notes out of your guys' book. Yeah, because really, I mean, everyone said in my generation, the college is just your piece of paper, your 20s is your on the job training, like nobody expects you to know anything. The 30s, you know, 40s is when you're starting to get some, you know, get some wind behind you and some experience. And that's when you'll probably, you know, really get to where you're going. Um, So it really wasn't, I mean, that's how we saw it, you know? Yeah, that's, that's cool. And I completely agree with it. I'm 27 now. And I feel like this is the first year 
where I'm like, okay, I am, I'm, I think I'm doing something, you know? Um, and, (laughs) and it, it took a lot of, again, self-awareness in that and understanding like, it's okay to try new things on and see what fits and what doesn't and taking the pressure off of your twenties or your thirties or really wherever you are, you are in life and understanding that there's purpose in that I think is so relieving as well. Yeah. That's why I wonder where that all came from. Why the twenties, I mean, what, what drove that pressure? I'm kind of curious. I don't know. You know, me too. And it makes me think of, so in Latin, the word priority, it means, do you, have you ever heard this? Do you know this? No, I don't. Okay. I've never shared this on the podcast. So everybody, like, I think you'll really enjoy this in Latin priority means when translated the utmost, most like gravitational important thing in your entire life and it's it's like this really deep beautiful word it's talking about like the one thing and so then when it's translated into english and you know add a few centuries of interpretation now we so often think of our priorities Whereas if you had said that to someone who was a Latin speaking, you know, um, person two centuries ago, three centuries ago, it would have literally blown their mind. They're like, that's, that's like saying a a zebra is a car. You can't have those two things. So Mm -hmm. we've, you know, quantified it so that there can be multiples. Um, And anyway, I think within that, that's, it's just humans over time wanting to optimize and be better and, and expand in a business that maybe we shouldn't, right? So deeming your 20s, you know, as a, a time where you can take ground and get ahead. And if you don't make the progress then, then you're always going to be behind. Like, according to who, right? That must have been lost in translation. Just like that one <laughs> little example, you know? That's so true. And that's so good because, I mean, we don't have that kind of attention span to go to 10 different things at once. We're not built that way. So that's why I love what you said about priority, because when you put your focus on one thing and do it really well, then you don't know what's going to come out of that. Lots of things can come out of that that you never even planned on. So I don't know. I think that that's wise. I mean, that's, it's true. We can't, we can't do everything and do it all well. It just doesn't work that way. Exactly. And that's, you can make many little adjustments, but probably not at the same time. Right. And you don't want to make them at the same time because then you're going to be scattered, you know, and you won't know which one works. Right. It's too many variables. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. So one thing at a time, what'd you say? That was my engineering hat. Sorry. Yes. No, absolutely. It's so true. And that's exactly how I think. And, um, you know, when we come in as an agency over at Malibu media and we are gearing up different launches for courses or offerings, you know, different businesses and the owners want to do multiple things. I I'm like, Oh, then I can't, I actually can't be your partner on this because I, if I can't track my success, I will never be successful in your eyes and vice versa. Like we must keep it a clean environment. And that's true for everyone in their life. It's true because um, if you did the one thing and you just improved it by 1% or one degree, however you want to measure it. And you did that you know, over weeks, can you imagine like your success would be awesome? Mm-hmm. It's so true. It's so, so true. And allowing yourself the space to, you know, master each one, you know, another thing I'm going to say this and then we'll go into our last question, but I 
there's like this saying, I can't remember exactly what it is. I, I feel like I need to Google it right now, but have, you know, um, what is it? Master of, uh, a Jack of all trades, master of none. Yeah. Have you ever heard that? Oh yes. I've okay. heard that. What do you think when you hear that? Um, that that's a person that is not focused and that mastery. And we talk about mastery a lot, um, is, is when you are an expert and you can't become an expert when you're trying to do everything. So if you, you know, to master something requires that, you know, a skill or a group of skills, um, to the place where you are an expert at that. Um, and that takes time because skill building is not, I think we've lost the art of what a skill is and how to build a skill because we all think that skills are these like simple things and they're not real skills that lead you to mastery build upon itself themselves and take time. Um, and that's how you become a master. You don't, you, you know, it's through the depth of your skills. Yep. It is so true. And what is interesting is one, I think I, you know, am able to be a part of a generation. And I know that God did all of this on purpose. I do want to say that like every generation is different. You know, we all consume different ways. He's, he's doing something in all of it. But one thing that makes me always laugh is that I used to, I remember when I was younger and I would, you know, collect participation trophies because Mm -hmm. they said that no one was a winner. They wanted everyone to be a winner. And I was like, well, then I'll just win by getting all of them. Right. (laughs) And, and then I realized as I got, you know, to different universities and, you know, programs and this and that, I was like, oh, I'm around other participation trophy collectors Uh who, who actually don't have their permission to be really good at one. And, and it's all interpretation when it comes down to it at who is, you know, who is, is going to be the best. And so what is interesting about that saying is the whole saying of a jack of all trades is a master of none. It's actually, that's only half of the saying it's the rest is a jack of all trades is a master of none, but oftentimes better than a master of one. And so it, it's funny. The first time I found that I was like, well, it depends on who you're talking to and, Um, and the skill set, Right. And, and all of that, but um, it all, it plays into priorities. It plays into, you know, adjustments and the science of it. Um, it's all interpretation and allowing yourself to interpret, you know, accordingly is so important. It really is. And, and, and I guess I do kind of like that we're having this conversation because, um, skills, you know, when you're saying Jack of all trade master of none, um, you know, it's funny because um, I was just t- listening to this this doctor um, recently, and, and part of what I do, what I've done, allowed me to really do a lot of research and be around and fly around the world, really, and be and and sit and pick brains of a lot of people. And one of these um, doctors, which was so fascinating, um, he talks about that we are um, in a self help um, pandemic, that we are so focused on self help that we're almost like addicted to it. And um, that was a little bit of an ouch for me at first. I'm like, yeah, it's not what we're supposed to do. Are we supposed to always be improving ourselves? I mean, that doesn't make sense. But at the same time, you can see that it can become such a um, obsession that we forget 
that mastery is a skills so that you build a little bit at a time. It doesn't have to be that, you know, oh, I need help in here and I need help in here and I need help in here. I mean, you're not going to almost like it's overwhelming. Mm. So focusing is so important. And that's, I think that's part of um, what we have to do in terms of, you know, if we want to get to where we're going. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, one thing I love, I love that you just said that too, because, you know, my story and the reason I have my following is because I'm from Kentucky and I wanted, I saw this disparity and opportunity for women in business versus, you know, women in California and New York and these big cities. And I wanted to understand how to close that gap. And so I crowdfunded my way to San Francisco and I, you know, built my companies um, there. Yeah. Yeah. That's, so that's the story. And I came back to the South this year and, you know, didn't expect to ever really come back until God kind of reminded me of why I started and, you know, opened up doors and opportunities. And I came back and you know what this year has taught me, Linda, it's, it's that I had a really beautiful life and that that story was amazing. And those four and a half years were, you know, something I could write in a book, but if I had just stayed put, he would have given me, God would have given me, and I would have still written an incredible story. And being able to understand that what you're working with is enough yeah, and that there are adjustments to be made within that, that you don't have to just tear yourself out of your life and throw yourself into another one that seems appropriate for what you want to build. Like if you want to build something you can right now and right here, and you need to stop making the excuses of positioning or ingredients or tools and start to one by one, make the adjustments because what you just said is so true. Like that's how you become a master. Right. I realized I could have gotten busy until I, you know, went to heaven if I, if God hadn't intervened. Um, Mm -hmm. and I stopped being a human. I, it, it was time to start a life again, you know? Um, and I hope people realize that. And so, you know, I think about, we're all here. God put us here at this moment in time for a reason. Like everyone here is not, you're not here by accident. Mm -hmm. Uh, everybody has a reason that they're here with the skills that they have and the talent that they have and the personalities and tendencies. We're all here for a reason at this moment in time. So, um, yeah, you can't wish for someone else's, um, life or want someone because you're, you're here for a reason. Yep. It's so true. And you can't, you can't earn it. You can't deserve it. You can't escape it too, right. you know, and, it, right. and how beautiful is that? And that, that hit me really hard when I realized that in, mm. you know, understanding it. So I love that, um, to wrap everything up. I would love to hear what courage means to you. Uh, so that's a great question. Um, okay, so I think courage, to me, courage means obedience. The, it takes a lot of courage to obey what you know you're supposed to do. And I, I, you know, I'm a believer. So um, when God puts something and tells me to do something, there's times that it scares the dickens out of me. And I go, I'm supposed to do that. I'm supposed to get on a plane and go to the Dominican Republic when I've never done that before. I don't know anything about it. I'm going by myself. What God, are you serious? Um, 
And then, you know, I'm supposed to, I mean, I'm supposed to write this book. God, really, are you sure I'm supposed to write this book? I don't, you know, Jordan's the writer in the family. I don't know. Um, I mean, it's walking in obedience and being scared in the process. And um, it takes courage to say yes to God. I think mm-hmm. that's what it really is. And for me, that's what it is. I have had to, you know, we've had many a talk and I've said, are you sure this is what you want me to do? Um, and of course, God, you know, he's probably looking at me going, yes, I, of course, this is what you're supposed to do. But it has been um, quite a journey. And I think some people think they look at my career and they go, wow, you, why didn't you just stay and be an engineer forever? Like you had the skills you had that you're working for a fortune five company, you could have done this, you could have done that. And I'm like, God pulls me out of things and I have to listen. He told me when to sell my business. Um, and he told me when to do, you know, do different things. And I just listened and I agreed. And it looks crazy to the people on the outside, but, um, and it's scary because um, you don't ne- necessarily know where you're going next. But, um, but that's, that's what to me real courage is. Mm, that's so good. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you for saying yes, for coming on here and yes, <laughs> writing your book and just Thank all of the yeses. Absolutely. Um, guys go below and look in the show notes for the link to Linda's book, um, her Instagram, so you can follow her and her website. And then Linda, again, thank you so much. Is there anything that this community can do for you to support you? These women are unlike anyone else. And so they just need direction, anything uh-huh. that you need. Oh, that's so nice. I, um, I mean, I, I think the only thing would just be to uh, follow me on Instagram because I'm an Instagram newbie and um, Allie has really helped me in this journey um, because, you know, this wasn't part of some of our generation, what we did. In fact, our generation said, don't put stuff out there like that. This is private stuff. So it's been a real journey for me to, um, to, to, to adjust to social media. So um, if you can follow me, that would be so encouraging and I would really appreciate it. Amazing. Well, everyone go ahead. She has lots of goodness over there for you and we appreciate you, Linda. Guys, thank you so much. If you love this episode, then take a screenshot, share it on your story and tag us. And then don't forget to leave a five-star review below. With that, we will talk to you on the next episode.